I know a lot of you have already met Ting Ting. Um, I'm not, I don't know your surname. What's your surname? Chow. 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 Chang. Yeah. Ting Ting Chang. Yeah. That almost sounds Chinese to me. Um, so we've been really blessed to have Ting Ting with us for, for the last few weeks. And um, Ting Ting is from China. She'll tell you whereabouts in China. But um, just in conversations I, Robin and I have had with her, um, we've just found it thoroughly interesting and enlightening to hear about um, what it's like in China, particularly for a Christian, and to hear Ting's story about how she became a Christian. And I asked whether she'd be willing to share that with, with us in church, and she straight away said yes. And um, so we've got a bit of a PowerPoint. You'll just tell Billy when to change slides, won't you? Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Ting Ting. Oh, yes, yes, I'll pray for you. Yeah, Lord, we just pray for Ting Ting. And um, Lord, we want to thank you for the words that you've given her today. And Lord, I just pray for courage for her um, and that you would help her um, to bridge the language barrier for us so that she can tell what your Holy Spirit is inspiring her to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Ting. I'm sorry, sorry. Um, could you don't feel this? <laughs> it's it's kind of awkward. <laughs> I didn't mean to cry. <laughs> um, hi everyone. I just want to share this how how I was chosen by God and uh, how my church like and. And uh, lots of people asking me, is it easy being a Christian in China? And could you, next one? Yeah, uh, 2013, in my last year of university, I was preparing for my master exam. And uh, I'm always uh, learning, studying in library, I never took my phone because it interrupts me. And one day I just forgot. I took my phone with me and I got a call. Uh, it says, oh, your gym teacher wants you to come to the gym. I was like, what? Okay, I'll come. Then when I went there, there's just a stage, stage opera something. They were choosing actress. I was like, Okay, because all of my classmates, they're tall, long legs, beautiful. I was like, okay, not for me, but since I'm here, I can't wait. Then they just chose two out of 30 or 40. I was one of them. <laughs> I was like, okay. Then after the uh, master exam, uh, they just drove us to that mountain, the famous mountain for Buddhism, and when I when we went there, there was another. I we need to show what we can do. Then they will decide who uh, leave and who uh, stay. Then I was chosen again, but all of the girls are prettier than me, and they're better than me. I was like, okay, then I'll stay. Then I started uh, six months. 
uh, training and acting and singing, dancing, lots of stuff like that. And next one. Yeah, that's the dance training, and this is the acting training. And do lots of weird stuff of Buddhism. It's just like this, that, or just, I don't know. And uh, what we're talking about, what we're showing is all about Buddhism. And uh, this is my acting teacher. When we were uh, in the acting class, next one, he always, uh, he told us how to stress like this. He, he used this, uh, I don't know what's this then. Uh, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his. And then he said, for God so loved, for God so loved like this. Uh, to teach us how to stress. And I thought it was pretty weird because it's about Buddhism. And he said, God, what is God? And uh, before the acting training, you know, there was 200, more than 200 actors there in a big hall. Uh, we separate and stand there. Before the lesson, we always uh, open our voice by singing along a song. Uh, I don't know what the lyric was, but every time I heard that song, I just cried. Every time. I feel so awkward, just like just now. <laughs> and I don't know why. And one day he just, I was crying. I, don't want, I didn't want anyone saw me crying, so I closed my eyes. The tears just like, well, then one day he just came in front of me when I was crying. When I opened my eyes, he was just like, in front of me, why are you crying? I'm not difficult. Why are you crying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. God loves you. Then God. Just like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, his hands was so powerful. I was shocked by his words, because I didn't know what God is. And uh, next one. After three years, when I was in a camp, then I, when I was singing this song, then I realized this is the words from Bible. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make your every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. Yeah, that's what that song sings. And uh, then somehow I just became his favorite actress. And after, after that, I, I was admitted to master school, which is in Beijing. When I went to Beijing, because uh, oh, his name is Joshua. Joshua lives in Beijing. And when I went to Beijing, he treated me so good, like a father. And he took me for lunch. He invited me for opera. Just, and he taught me how to, how to be a better man, I don't know. And uh, 
he took me to church. That was very important. And then in, could you, yeah, then in 2015, on, the, on Easter, I was baptized. The left one was made, this one was another girl. Uh, yeah, uh, Joshua shared the gospel with her as well. That's how we do baptize in our church, just three times, spirit, father, and son. Yeah, and uh, after I became a Christian, life just changed a lot. And next one, please. Uh, this is how our church like. It's called City Revival Church. Um, we got several pastoral area. Uh, our area, because it's uh, lots of universities in the area, so we call it universities. And the other one is Glory, and I don't know what the rest is because it's a really big church. And in universities, when I was in my master's school, it's because our school is called Beijing Sport University, so lots of athletes. So uh, the name of our church is Run for Jesus. And uh, yeah, Grape Garden and Glory and Master Seed, that's the only church I know because it's really big. Uh, Run for Jesus has like 100 people in there, almost, uh, most of them are from our school, athletes. Uh, and Grape Garden, it's full of uh, other universities, teachers and students. It's not like uh, non-believers thinking, oh, church is full of old people, full of uh, uneducated people, while well, our church is full of grad, no, educated people, all of the doctors and masters, they're so knowledgeable, but they believe in God. And they, oh, they're really young. Uh, average age is like less than 30. And a grape garden number one, 100 and something, Grape Garden 2, uh, which I'm in now because I graduated uh, and I'm not in Run for Jesus anymore. It's too far from where I'm working. And Grape Garden number 2, I checked my phone, it's 76. And uh, we separate into several Bible study groups. Uh, our group is uh, called Shalom. Is that the right pronunciation? Shalom. Yeah, and uh, yeah, lots of uh, other churches, because we are uh, separate into Beijing, because Beijing is a really big city. I never m met some of them before, and it's not allowed to. And uh, what we do in church is just, yeah, the first one was we were uh, morning reading in 
the school cafeteria in the early morning before the class starts. And uh, this one is before I came to Australia. <laughs> I miss them a lot. Um, they prayed for me before I came. <laughs> this guy. Uh, he's our preacher. Oh, by the way, we only have one pastor and uh, several preachers because only, I don't know how you guys work, uh, only one pastor and uh, all others because they are graduated from Bible University, but uh, unless they are, I don't know, someone need to be become them pastor, I don't know. I don't know how the words say because I cannot find it in the dictionary. <laughs> and uh, he's the preacher and uh, his wife is also a preacher. They just uh, devote their, they're just full-time uh, preaching in the church. Uh, yeah, and next one. What else we do in church is, next one. Um, like just normal stuff. Sunday gathering, all the same with uh, Bush disciples, worshiping. But we put sermon in front of uh, testimony. I don't know, but maybe they think sermon is more important. Yeah, and yeah, monthly union. And uh, after that, we just separate into uh, groups to share and discuss the information of the sermon. Uh, sometimes we have, we call it love lunch. Uh, and we have the festivals, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and sometimes we go out to share ghost posts. Uh, we went to minorities, like uh, Tibet and uh, Japan and Nepal or Korea, but I think uh, I don't know if we did a good job on sharing gospel, but I do know that it's really helpful for ourselves <laughs> to experience and. That's Thanksgiving, the turkey was coming. <laughs> and this is uh, sharing uh, ghost posts with new friends. Yeah, lots of, uh, they're all from our school. And next one, please. Uh, yeah, we were visiting the rural church because it's really different from our church because our church uh, is in Beijing. It's like a business building. We rent a floor to make it like a church. And this rural church is different. They have their own church. And uh, really funny, because this is church, and that arrow is just around the corner. And that one, uh, the words on that is, I translate it. Where is it? Uh, the cross one is 
God loves the world. The left one is Jesus' grace lights up the world. And the right one is disciples worship with honest. And that this one here is Emmanuel. And that one was we were sharing. The rural churches are really different because the pre-church, preachers, they are not very well educated. Sometimes they are not even know what they are talking about because nobody taught them and they're not uh, rich enough to afford the Bible university. You know, uh, Next one, please. Oh yeah, and we also went to this orphanage. Uh, it's called Family of Love. Uh, this woman, this woman, uh, she she opened this orphanage. It's not a public orphanage. It's just uh, her personal action. She just adopted. 186 kids in total. All of them are sick. Uh, they're suff the kids are suffering from spinal cord bulging. They got a big bulge, like this big, on the back. It's transparent, and uh, the blood in it, everything. So. Once the parents found that, they just give up the kid. So she adopted a lot of kids, and we went to visit them. Yeah, just like this. And some kids are, wait, cerebral palsy. Yeah, a cerebral palsy. They just open their eyes like, like this. They couldn't even stand up. They're just staying on the wheelchair all day long. She hired uh, some staff to take care of these kids. And uh, my, and Joshua just, because Joshua is an acting teacher and he's also a director of a stage, stage drama. So he, let these kids uh, showed a stage opera of their life and played in Beijing. Uh, so many people just really touched by how uh, how many no how much God did for these kids. Because uh, this woman is called Ge Jie. Uh, she doesn't allow people, the kids call her mom. She said, I'm not your mom, I'm just your auntie. And she just uh, supported by God a lot. Uh, oh, by the way, she, she doesn't have any income. All the money uh, she's using to cure the kids, let the kids do surgery, is all donated by other Christians and uh, foundations. Yeah, that's the most, I don't know how to say it, just 
yeah, I cried a lot in that orphanage.、Uh, but unfortunately, it's mer the orphanage is merged、uh, by government last month because they said it's、uh, illegal, and、uh, since the kids are going to the public orphanage, they're not get cured anymore. Because there are so many、uh, orphan in public orphanage, they they just don't care. So like this, all the kids they don't talk. They they cannot do nothing. They just let them die. Yeah, and、um, she suffered a lot, and she just retired now. <laughs> and next one, and. Like、uh, many people ask me,、uh, is it easy to be a Christian child? Well, I'm afraid the answer is no.、Uh, we we got lots of pressure from government.、Uh, that's the new religion management rules. It's not a law. It's just、uh, rules. Like every kind of religion.、Uh, Every member, every preacher should be registered. And、uh, when we got this big、uh, gathering, big activities, more than 100 or 50, I don't know. There's not a certain number because、uh, if it's big activities, you need to apply for it. That means all of our activities, we need to apply it.、Uh, we need to let government know that. Just ridiculous, and、uh, in working and even in school, we got lots of pressure from our teachers, co-workers, boss.、Uh, once they know you're a Christian, they just attack you. They don't give you any privilege. Just、uh, they just give privilege to the communists. Who support the government and their party,、um, and just like you guys, non-believers, just attack us. That's that happens a lot, and、uh, also ourselves, because、uh, when we are in this kind of circumstance, it makes us weak. Like、uh, I got lots of insult. From my mentor in master school, lots. Every time、uh, when she had a meeting, she just insult me in front of everyone. But、uh, like Joshua and my preachers said, he said, if people insult you、uh, for Jesus, that's glorious. Just enjoy it. Yeah, and sometimes for our、uh, believers, it's not that hard. But for the pastors and the the managers in church and the preachers, it's really dangerous to be a Christian. Sometimes they、uh, arrested, they're arrested, and、uh, some church has their own building. They got cross on the roof. The government just take it off, and they arrest the pastors for nothing. 
you cannot find any law that they should be arrested, but yeah, they just do that. And when, when I graduated, I want to uh, you know, get some work, get, get a job. If they found I'm a Christian, I need to be very careful <laughs> because, uh, because I'm different. Yeah, just because of this. But like my uh, preacher, he's called Xing Ming, a uh, new command, new commander, or new, I don't know. Uh, but that's his real name. And he said, there's not a lot chance to die for gospel. If we do have a chance to die for gospel, wow, that's so glorious, but not too many chance. So just be brave, and uh, if you go to prison, be happy. Yeah, that's glorious too, but you don't even get that chance. So be strong in daily life, yeah, because lots of uh, force is not from outside, it's from ourselves. Yeah, and uh, um, and I want to ask uh, everyone to pray for our church, for just be like a light in Beijing, to just light the city and. Uh, no, do what God wants us to do. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's very dry. I'm getting zapped with everything I touch. Thank you, Ting Ting. And we will pray for you. Um, and we'll do that um, after the message, like after the, we'll preach. And um, we're going to talk about this more from the scriptures. And then we're going to pray. And, yeah, that'll be a great opportunity to share with you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, I think we probably all want to give you a big hug. And we might do that after church too. Mark chapter 14, verses 26 to 52. Mark chapter 14, verses 26 to 52. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, you'll all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I'll go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, 
he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while they were still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, The one I kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to catch me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him, with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. Righto. Um, Ting Ting said there's that a pastor said there's not many opportunities to to die for Jesus at the moment. Um, But when you do get that opportunity, it's it's glorious. Um, In some places of the world, it's even more dangerous than that, and there are plenty of opportunities to die for Jesus. Um, Only a couple of years ago, the the so-called Islamic State, also known as ISIS or ISIL or IS, well, they swept through places like Syria and Iraq and they murdered anyone who didn't support their cause, but it was especially the Christians who really suffered at that time. Um, and when you look at the world watch list of the most dangerous countries in the world, um, most of them are Islamic countries. Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world. And there's a number of reasons for that. Firstly, there's demographic reasons. reasons. So Islamic countries have a lot of younger people in them. And um, so they're at the breeding age um, and they have a much higher birth rate. But then there's other more sinister reasons for growth. Muslims are not allowed to ever leave the Islamic faith. If they do, under Sharia law, which is the Islamic law, the penalty for them is death. I have a friend who, when he was living in Egypt, became a Muslim, um, but later on he became a Christian and he rejected 
um, Islam. And whenever he's sharing his testimony, he has to be very careful that, that, that the message doesn't get out anywhere um, because he has some of his old friends in Egypt would travel across the world to find him and kill him um, if they knew where he was and if they knew that he had become a Christian. Um, but there are even more sinister reasons why people convert to Islam in the first place. Um, it's because sometimes Christians are only given two or at the most three choices. When militant Muslim organisations like Boko Haram or IS or Taliban come into a Christian village, the Christians are given two, usually given two choices. The first, the first choice is to convert to Islam. And that's a very easy for them to, thing for them to do, to convert to Islam. All they have to do is recite the Islamic creed. And I think they're supposed to say it in Arabic, but it's basically something along the lines of, there is no true God but Allah, and Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. And, and anyone who recites that and says that they believe it, well, in effect, what they're doing is they're renouncing Jesus. And they're renouncing their Christian faith. But there's a fair bit of pressure for them to do exactly that because the second choice that they're given is to continue to believe in Jesus, don't renounce Jesus, and they and their families will be executed. And a common thing that ISIS would do is that they would line up all of the Christians and if the parents refused to renounce Jesus and become a Muslim, one by one they would hack the heads from their children and then finally, they do the same to the parents. Or sometimes they do it the other way around. They just know that the parents, they couldn't convince them to stop following Jesus, so they just kill them and then raise their kids as child soldiers or, or as slaves or maybe as their own children, but they would raise them in the Muslim faith. Now, occasionally there is a third option, um, and that's to become a dimmy. Um, that's to go into what's called dimitude. That's where you become like a second-class citizen. So you get taxed at a higher rate than anybody else and you don't have all the same legal rights and privileges as a Muslim does and you're almost like a bit of a slave. But usually there's just the two options. Renounce Jesus and become a Muslim or you and your family will be brutally hacked to death. And... There's probably no surprise why Islam is growing very quickly because people are being forced to convert. But even under that pressure, disciples of Jesus who have a true living faith, even though they are threatened, they refuse to renounce Jesus. And they refuse to convert to another religion and they are killed. And their families are killed. Now, for us living here in Australia, we don't know what it's like to really be persecuted. I mean, don't get me wrong, following Jesus is not easy. Being obedient to Jesus won't make us popular. In many ways, we'll be rejected, we'll be excluded, we'll be belittled. And as Ting just said before, it's to be mocked by people for being a Christian, that's actually glorious. And sometimes we don't look at it that way. And religious persecution, well, it is increasing in Australia. 
particularly if we dare to speak God's truth to a world who don't want to hear it. And this persecution is coming in the form of we live in a country where people believe that it is their right to never, ever be offended. And if you say something that's going to offend somebody, then you become liable. And the gospel, it's actually very offensive. You know, Jesus said that he is the rock that makes men stumble. He is the offense to many. Why is it offensive? Well, because the gospel tells us, it tells me that I'm a sinner who needs a saviour. The gospel tells me that I'm not good enough. The gospel tells me that I need to repent of my sin and give my life to Jesus. You see, the, the natural human way is I want to be my own boss. I want to be my own Lord. But Jesus says, no, I am your Lord. And the gospel says for me to be saved, I have to give my life to Jesus and he becomes my Lord. Now that message is offensive. And we now have laws in our country to punish anyone who gives offence. And over the last year, we've seen Christians lose their jobs. Some have lost their businesses. Some face ridicule in the media just because they dare to preach the gospel. And in doing so, they've named certain sins as being sins and people get offended at that. But even so, even though that persecution is increasing, even so, we are yet to experience the sort of persecution that Christians in other countries do experience. And I have no doubt that as we get closer to the time of the return of Jesus, those persecutions are going to increase all across the world, including here. Now, I shouldn't be surprised at this anymore, but I continue to be amazed at the way God just times everything. Um, we've just been working our way through the Gospel of Mark. We started it over a year ago, and we just started at the beginning, and we've been working our way through. And the bit that we're up to at the moment is about standing strong for Jesus or running away from, from, from him, denying Jesus. And it happens to be on the same Sunday that Ting was here to, to be able to share her story of what it's like being a, being a Christian in China. I'm just amazed the way God makes things line up like this. And for people like Ting Ting and for the church in China, um, they understand what persecution is like, especially the pastors in your churches. Um, but in other places, it, it's even more severe. Places like North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, India. Now, according to the Open Doors World Watch List, that is the 10 worst places for Christian persecution in the world at the moment. On their list, China's number 27, by the way. But for one out of every nine Christians, who are suffering persecution. A large part of the New Testament, well, it really comes alive for them in a way that it may not come alive for us. And the reason that it really comes alive for them is because most of the New Testament was written to a persecuted church. The, much of the early church were being persecuted and that's why it spread so rapidly. They'd get chased out of one city so they'd move another and they'd tell people about Jesus there. And then once they start getting recognised and known, they go, 
oh, we don't like you lot. And so they'd run them out of that city and they head off to the next city. And that's why the church grew so rapidly in the early stages. But it's also why most of the New Testament is written to Christians who are persecuted. And it's written to, to help the persecuted church to endure. And so for us, it might all seem a little bit academic. It's all just stuff that we take note of. We know it in our head. But for those who are being persecuted right now, these scriptures really come alive. Now, as we've worked our way through various books of the Bible here, because so much of it's written to the persecuted church, often I've said those words, this, what we're reading here is for those who are persecuted. And it's just amazing how time after time we continue to get urged to keep on following Jesus. We're urged to remain faithful. We're urged to endure and to overcome. And a really good example of this, is it's a couple of years ago now that we studied the book of Revelation. And there in the book of Revelation, often we'll, we'll hear about the one who conquers or the one who, who overcomes. Yeah, and the way we sort of look at things, we sort of think, oh, the conqueror must be the one who gets up on top. He must be the strong one. He, he must be the one who everything goes really well for them because that must be what it means to overcome. No, that's not what it means. Throughout that book of Revelation, it becomes evident that the overcomers are those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And even martyrs, that's those who die for their faith, even martyrs, or especially martyrs, are recognised as overcomers. You know, through human eyes, we'd look and go, oh, you died for Jesus. Well, we beat you, didn't you? No. You died for Jesus. You became an overcomer. You were a conqueror because you have kept the commandments of God and you have held to the, to the testimony of Jesus no matter what. And you've done it right to the end. And as we study the scriptures, we see this over and over again. We learn this. We know this. But often people have said to me, but Michael, how can we know that we will be strong for Jesus? You know, when the chips are down, will I be somebody who stands for strong for Jesus? If my life or the lives of my family are at risk, will I be faithful? Or will I quit? Will I be strong? Or will I be weak? You see, for us, words are all very easy, aren't they? It's very easy for us to say, I love Jesus. It's very easy for us to say, I'll be faithful to the end, but will I? I mean, look at the Bible reading we just had today. And all of the promises of loyalty that Jesus' disciples made to him. Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But then Peter said to him, oh, look, Jesus, even though all of those other disciples fall away, I will not. 
And Jesus said to Peter, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same thing. All those disciples said exactly the same thing. Even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I won't deny you. Now, how did that all pan out? It wasn't so good, was it? They couldn't even stay awake for Jesus. They went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and all Jesus asked of them is, right, I stay awake, keep watch. But they couldn't even do that. They went to sleep. And Jesus said to them, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And what was the temptation? You know, often we, we sort of look at it and think, oh, that was to fall asleep. No, that's a very minor part of it. The temptation that was before that night was over, they would be tempted to fall away. They would be tempted to deny Jesus. They would be tempted to flee and save their own skin. That was a temptation. And that is what Jesus was telling them. Pray, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Pray that you won't succumb to it. But Jesus knew they would. It had been prophesied that they would. And he said to them, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That wasn't just about, you can't keep your eyes open. That was about, you, know, you want to stand firm, but your flesh is weak and you won't. They couldn't do it. And when Jesus was arrested, one of them stood up to fight with a sword but that wasn't going to be Jesus' way. And in the end, verse 50 says, and they all left him and fled. By the way, there's, there's, there's an interesting little footnote there about one of them who lost his, lost his clothes in his zeal to get away. And there's been a lot of conjecture about who, who is that? Was it one of the 12 or was it one of the other followers? There's a fair bit of speculation that it might have been Mark himself, the one who wrote this gospel. Mark wasn't one of the disciples. Uh, but the point is, we, we don't know who it is, but the point is, everyone left him. Everyone fled. I even let, lost the clothes to get away. Now, if that's what all those disciples did... Why would we be any different? The reason they left, you see, is because even though the spirit was willing, the flesh was weak. At this point, their human weakness overrode the desires of the spirit. But this is really important. About 50 days later, Something significant changed in those disciples. And for us to know what changed in those disciples, we've got to go to the book of Acts. 
The book of Acts picks up what happened in the early church after the resurrection of Jesus. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus has risen and yet the disciples are still hiding away behind closed doors. And then over the next 40 days, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ appeared to those disciples in various times and various places. And at one of those times, while Jesus was eating with them, wouldn't that be cool, hey? Having, having the resurrected Jesus come and eat with you. That'd be pretty exciting. And we're all going to get to experience that later. Not today. Oh, it might be today. I don't know. It depends when Jesus decides to come back. The way Robin's feeling, he'd probably be happy if Jesus comes back today. But when Jesus was there with his disciples, he, he ordered them not to part, don't go away from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he heard, which you heard from me, for John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Right? So Jesus is saying to this lot, don't leave Jerusalem until you're baptised with the Holy Spirit. And then, just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said to them that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right now, to get those locations happening, that would be like saying, all right, you will be my witnesses in Canberra and the ACT and Australia and to the ends of the earth. Right. Start out with the capital and just keep broadening it out. But what's, going to, what's needed to change? It's when they're filled with the Spirit, they will have power to be witnesses for Jesus. And then, so that all happens in Acts chapter 1. And then in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came upon them at Pentecost. And Peter, he was the disciple who had been so weak he was the one who fled. He was the one who denied Jesus three times. Well, that same Peter, after he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he stands up and he preaches. He's not afraid anymore. He's not cowering anymore. He's not hiding away. He's not running for his life. And he's definitely not denying Jesus. What was the change? What changed in Peter? the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came in power, that is what gave them the strength to stand firm for Jesus. And you know how all of those disciples, every single one of them ran away for Je from Jesus, ran away from Jesus to save their own necks? Well, over the next number of years just about all of them stood strong for Jesus and actually died for their faith there weren't many who didn't so let's come back to our pondering of whether we will stand strong for Jesus when the chips are down and when we're under persecution to deny Jesus
Will we be strong enough to stand for Jesus? Will, be, will we be strong enough to say, no, I will never deny my Lord. I will never stop following him. You know what? I'm not strong enough and neither are you. But the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us is strong enough. Praise to the Lord our God for his Holy Spirit who does give us strength to stand strong. You know, this is the promise of Jesus. Jesus returned to the Father so that his disciples, that's you and I, you're a disciple of Jesus, yeah? Jesus returned to the Father so that his disciples, us, can have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. Ting Ting said before with her testimony, she said, when I became a Christian, a lot of things changed. You know what the change was? The Holy Spirit living inside of her. And that's, we know that change. That's the same change that comes about in all of us. Doesn't matter where you're from in the world. When you start following Jesus, we confess all of the crud, all of the sin, all of the guilt gets taken away and he fills us up with something new and beautiful. That's what Jesus called being born again. And right there is the strength we need to honour Jesus to the very end. You see, the Holy Spirit of God will never, ever deny Jesus. And where's the Holy Spirit of God? He's in the hearts of believers. That means that we will not deny Jesus. A couple of months ago, we're back in Mark chapter 13. But there in Mark chapter 13, Jesus said, But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to the councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. That's a fair few people to be hated by, isn't it? By all. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. How do we endure? We keep the commandments of God and we hold to the testimony of Jesus. How do we manage that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God doesn't give us the ability to save our own skin. But he does give us the words and the power to be witnesses for Jesus, no matter what. Now, how does that sound to you? 
Now this is where we sort of start to realise, am I living by the flesh or am I living by the spirit? Because the flesh is wanting God to give me the words and the power so that I can save my own skin. But the spirit delights in the fact that the Holy Spirit gives us the words and the power to be witnesses for Jesus, no matter what. That is a glorious thing. Now, if there's one thing that I need to learn from today, and if there's one thing you need to learn from today, it's this. When persecutions come, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when, when persecutions come, by faith, the Holy Spirit gives us strength to be his witnesses and to endure to the end. I can promise you that. When persecutions come, the Holy Spirit will give you strength to remain faithful to Jesus and to be a witness for him. And we shouldn't be worrying. We shouldn't be worrying, oh, am I strong enough? We shouldn't be worrying, will I be strong enough? Because we know by faith that the Holy Spirit is strong enough. And he's the one who's going to help us to endure. We need to stop worrying if we're going to be strong enough and just start living for Jesus. And for me, that's just reflected in when Ting Ting left, she, she she said, can you please pray that we will be a light for Jesus in our city? That prayer that she's asking us to pray is a reflection of this. We need to stop worrying about whether we're going to be strong enough and start living for Jesus and start being a witness for Jesus. Start being the light in this place, in this community, in this state and in this country, start being a light for Jesus. No matter what the cost. Because God's got all the rest of that under control. You know, some of us in the past, we might have thought, well, not falling away from Jesus might just be wishful thinking. It's not wishful thinking. Being, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit... It means that standing strong for Jesus isn't wishful thinking. It's a certainty in Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ who saved us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who empowers us. Lord, today we want to give thanks for all your faithful witnesses from those first disciples to the early church, to the missionaries throughout the ages, to those martyrs who will die for you rather than deny their saviour. And to those who will die for you this very day. Lord, we want to thank you that in our weakness, you make us strong. We want to thank you that as persecutions increase, the strength of your Holy Spirit will enable us to endure. And Lord, today we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who this very day are suffering for your sake. 
Lord, keep them strong. Lord, we're not going to pray that you keep them safe, but we will pray that you will give them the strength of your spirit that they may endure. Lord, may they be witnesses and may we be your witnesses to a world who sorely needs a saviour. In Jesus' name, amen.